Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining me on this episode of Animation and Chills. I am your host, Mara, and today I will be covering the retrospective review of Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. So Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost is the follow-up sequel to Zombie Island. And following the success of Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, a few changes were made during the production of Witch's Ghost. The first being that they had to recast Shaggy since Billy West at this time was working on Futurama. So Scott Eans filled the role and Scott Eans, if you <clears throat> if you already know or listened to the last podcast, know that he was already playing Scooby and he would play Shaggy and Scooby for a couple or few more films up until Sound returned and Welker took over the role of Scooby. And the second change was that the this film was made less darker compared to the last film. Warner Brothers um, felt that the for that oh Zombie Island was a bit too intense, I suppose, and dark, and so they didn't want it to be as dark. So with this one, they made it a bit more lighter. And then the third change was that it was more hands-on and they and which is weird just because you would think that you know scooby-doo on zombie island was such a hit we're like hey like why don't we let these people keep continuing what they do versus oh no we need to put our hands all over this and make appropriate changes it's like mm-hmm, okay sure And I'm not saying this to dog on Witch's Ghost because, honestly, this is my personal favorite movie. When I first got the movie, I also lived in Massachusetts. And when I heard the, you know, Ben in the movie, like, oh, let's go to Massachusetts. I was like, that's where I'm from. Oh, my gosh. so cool. And, you know, this film also gave us the Hats Girls. So, seriously, even if I wanted to hate this movie, I could not hate this movie. But I feel like this film, compared to Zombie Island, it just seems more stiff and contained. And, I don't know, just... I feel like if, you know, Warner Brothers had just let the writers and the crew, you know, off to their creative devices, I feel like... I don't, I don't want to say it could have been better. I don't know. I just felt like... It would have been definitely a different movie, you know, if that were the case. However, let's not look at things at how they could be versus let's look at things on how they are. So with Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost, they continue with the supernatural element. Um, When they were, well, when when Warner Brothers had hired a couple of live-action screenwriters, um, with to join the writing staff, um, there was a and there was an ending that that was not approved of. They had they tried to go more in a route like, oh, this is just a regular mystery where the bad guys are in masks. And Len Leopold, you know, because the original ending was what you know, if you've seen Witches Ghost, is where it's discovered that the townsfolk orchestrated this witch and it was mostly done just to draw in tourism. But Len Leopold is like, no, like, like, I feel like we should continue with the supernatural angle. And I feel like that actually works in the film's favor 
Whereas we kind of like have this fake out ending with, you know, the townspeople concocting this like, this uh, witch. And then, you know, we, and then after that's been taken care of, you know, we, we discover that, no, that's not it. And then they bring in the actual witch's ghost. It was a nice little twist. And a couple big things happen in this movie. So this film marked the first canon love interest for Velma. And that was, you know, her and Ben. On, and that's not including Shaggy because they don't make it apparent in the original series. Because in the original series, you know, they would oh, we would mostly pair off uh, Daphne and Fred and uh, Shaggy and Velma and couples dance, uh, couple couples dances. Uh, but to be honest, like I know there's, I think there were some hits with Daphne and Fred, but like there's never anything explicitly said about Shaggy and Velma. And the second is my favorite fictional band, the Hetz Girls. They are introduced in this film, Thorn, Luna, and Dust. Um, at following this movie, they would make appearances in uh, future um, Scooby-Doo TV series, including Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, What's New Scooby-Doo, and the latest series, uh, Guess Who Scooby-Doo. And I think what's helped make them so memorable uh, were their designs, um, their their performances, uh, Thorn being played by Jen Hale, Dust, the keyboard player is Kimberly Brutz, and the drummer, Luna, is voiced by Jane, Jane Wielden. And the third is the most important reasons, of course, and now those were the songs of so the lyrics were written by Glenn Leopold, whereas the music was by Bodie Chandler, who was the music director on Dexter's Laboratory and the 90s animated series, uh, The Addams Family. And for a moment, speaking on the music in this film, I quite liked the score. Uh, the score was done by... <laughs> oh my gosh, that's my mind. There we go. It was done by Louis Fabri. Fabri, if I'm pronouncing that right. I feel like, you know, that's just a common running theme in my in these like videos. It's like, oh, I hope I get this last name right. I'm... So anyway, so they um so they're they had worked they have worked on Smallville and the Cape. And what I like about um, their score is that, I don't know, it just has that, like, you know, during the lighter scenic scenes, especially, you know, when they're going through New England, I felt it, I felt it was very pleasant, cozy, and had a genuine New England feel to it. And whereas more during the more intense or suspenseful moments, that it could be dark and menacing. And for... Uh, the main theme, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You?, that was sung by, uh, country singer Billy Ray Cyrus, and I feel like that is a version, you know, that will come just randomly pop up in my head. Maybe not necessarily for the best, but, you know, hey, it's, uh, oh no, just can't knock it. <laughs> and I just realized that if you hear, you know, a 
been hearing any pitch uh pitch streams that is my niece so hey astri how's it going as far as the film's lead antagonist we have the charming and deceptive ben ravencroft he is voiced by the magnificent tim curry and it is said that Ben Ravencroft is derived, um, you know, influentially from two well-known writers, those being Stephen King and H.P. Lovecraft, with both of them being based in New England, and with horror being their specialties. And I'd say, you know, with H.P. Lovecraft, I can definitely see the connection there, especially with Ben when he's like, you know... Be the superior breed. Yeah, so. (laughs) And what I did not know until, I don't know, recently was, or at least, I don't know, to me, it it is recent. Because, like, I felt like I should have known this a while ago. But that Tim Curry is a big Scooby-Doo fan. And so he said that that this has been one of his most favorite roles to perform. And he was actually going to be the villain in the live-action Scooby-Doo movie. Although, when he found out that uh, Scrappy-Doo was going to be the actual villain, he's like, yeah, nah, dude, like, I ain't doing that. Nope. Nope, thank you. And an interesting insight with Tim Curry is that he feels that one quote in the movie, Dreadful Darkness, Hear My Cry, bring back one who cannot die uh, was referring to Scooby-Doo as as you know as I know you know no matter what you know Scooby could be on the brink of cancellation you know just throughout the years he always keeps coming back Scooby-Doo is eternal that's why I said Scooby-Doo will be with us until the end of time This also has one of my favorite locations with, you know, the fictional town of Oak Haven and the real state of Massachusetts, which is uh, based on the town of Salem and more and more importantly, the Salem Witch Trials, which I thought that they used uh, that they used excellently in this movie. And while it's not a shot for shot, you know, uh, resemblance of the witch trials like they didn't mention like a bunch of women being falsely accused um, they made that illusion with Sarah and I thought like oh that's actually pretty good because like you know in earlier in the film Ben Raven Ben just points out that she was just a healer and people try to make her into being this like horrible person like a witch essentially and banished her and then I don't know and then it kind of seems like it got out the window when like you know, at the end, uh, when she's brought back and she, yeah, she's this fucking evil witch, it's like, mm, I mean, what was the point of that? Like, I don't know, if you're working to use someone else, that would then turn out to actually be evil or something. But, you know, like, that's like one of my few grievance, grievances with the film. And so that's, you know, it's not the worst thing. And when this film was finally completed and wrapped in a nice little bow, 
um, and released on <clears throat> October 5th, 1999. Uh, the majority of audiences enjoyed it, whereas critically it was more of a mixed bag. And with one, uh, with one review from Radio Times with David Parkinson, which he gave the film two out of five stars and said, this full-length cartoon featuring the ghost hunting teenage detectives is something of a mixed bag. And personally, like I said, like this is my personal favorite. Like, I I enjoy this movie for what it is. Although I feel like I don't know, like I don't like to necessarily compare, but it is definitely. I, don't know, I feel like it's definitely different from like Scooby Doo on Zombie Island, which I feel like you know I feel like that's a, a better well done a better well done film. You know, although, like, I still hear, like, even to this day, a lot of people, like, saying that, oh, we love The Witch's Ghost, and, like, it's one of my favorites, and it's still part of that main, you know, the main lineup of the first four films, and I still, and I I think it's still, like, worthwhile to watch, so if that is, if Scooby-Doo and Witch's Ghost is a film you have not checked out, I recommend it, especially if you have, like, you know, nieces and nephews or children of your own, and... And with that, I will be bidding y'all a good day. Thank you for joining me again. And please join me for next week where I will be dishing out another weeks of episodes for Spooky Season. And with that, I bid you a good night, a good day. I don't know what time you're listening to this. And I hope you take care of yourself, stay safe, and have a good fright.